money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I am ready. That's great to hear because this is the show where we talk about hard issues around money. I'm Dave Van Oppen. I'm here with my wife, Reb. And this is a bit round two with Brent Vandermeer here in the studio with us. If you didn't catch the last show, um, Brent and I had a thumb war about <laughs> paying off the mortgage or investing. So you just that's all I'm going to say. You just got to go back and listen to it. You'll find out who won. Um, Anyways, we won't even go there. So, <laughs> so, spoiler alert, Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but recognize uh, that we are going to talk about money today. That's what we do on this show. But we're also going to talk about the heart. And uh, that's why we love having Brent on with us, uh, because he's a man who talks about money and the heart as well. Uh, and so welcome to the show, Brent. Thanks for having me here again. Okay. Red's so, looking at me like. I know. You got something to say. Well, I just want people to know this is a practical show. So if you've had questions about investing, Brent is going to try and unpack it for some of us who are like me, who don't know so much or don't really always care either. But we realize, like we pointed out last week, that's what stuck out me. What Brent said was that we steward even the information that we have and the education. And I need to steward um, this understanding of investing because I've been given much and much will be expected. Um, but I, we do want to frame it in a certain way and we want to frame this whole discussion around ultimately at the base of investing as believers in, in Jesus that we trust God as the source. Mm-hmm. That even though we're digging through investing and, and using the world systems to make money, we're still, we can't lose sight that we need to trust the Lord. And I was thinking about a stat that our friend Tim Jenkins had shared with us that when um, when high net worth families leave a legacy, 90% um, of those families' financial assets are gone within three generations. And mm-hmm. that blew my mind. So even though we're talking about saving up for for financial independence, and what we leave behind to our families, if we're not leaving this truth as believers and the values of Christ, um, we might we might see our our wealth dis- our our money wealth riches disappear mm-hmm. if in the generations to come. And I don't think anyone out there who's saving up for their future and their children want to see it disappear in three generations. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's a bit, it's, you know, and again, it's two different kinds of wealth. I mean, I know in our conversation with Tim and we've had that conversation with you, Brent, that, you know, there is a difference between wealth and riches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, one of the things in that same article that Tim talks about is, is that in one generation, the wealth, the values are gone, and in three generations, the money's gone, right? And yeah. so he really makes that distinction to say, hey, first thing out the door, if the values go out the door, if, if the way that God had, and in a sense, it is God that gives us the ability to create wealth, 
he has a particular way that he likes to do that. Don't steal. Be you know. Be uh, people of integrity. Give generously. All of these work hard. Pr- work hard. All of these principles that God writes in His Word mm-hmm. that we say, th- in a sense, these are the things that um, God write right down. Then He says, now don't put your your trust in all these things. But put your trust in me. And that goes to the verse I'll share this this morning. And, and, you know, it's the one we know in Proverbs chapter 3. We've probably quoted it so many times. But chapters, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4 says, uh, or sorry, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him as in capital H, God. Um, think about him in all your ways. Um, and so when we're building, we're talking about investing. And uh, I thought, uh, Brent, you're, we're going to talk about the, the building blocks, the, the investing 101. We can't talk about the tools or the, the, the vehicles of creating wealth without talking about it has to be done with thinking of the Lord. It has to be done from a values standpoint. And if we don't have that then it's a foundation that's just not going to even support any kind of financial wealth that that you do build. Mm-hmm. So Brent's shaking his head. Yes, this is this is a podcast. You have to. Say. I can't see you shaking. Oh, okay. I'm just agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, right on, Dave. Keep on going. No, so now because we don't want to take. I mean, we want we want to educate people today so so you want me to speak to yeah you? yeah oh, yes okay, okay. but so, it, uh, <laughs> so we're relying on you to tell us all about investing because oh, you know and you know investing for dummies that's how I. <laughs> this is this is what we framed the show as right which yeah i mean i think what we, where, where we came at this was we were saying that yeah there's a lot of very knowledgeable people and probably many who listen to the show know a lot about investing and and yet the other side of that the quieter ones are probably the ones who don't know a lot about investing. And uh, in our day-to-day work life, we do some pretty uh, sophisticated trading and, and buying and selling of stocks and bonds, different financial instruments, and it gets pretty com- complicated. And yet, every so often, I have people sitting across from my across the table from me, and I can see in their eyes, they have no idea what I just said. <laughs> and, and I always make to this rule where we say, you know what, if I've ever said something that all of a sudden I see your eyes have glazed over, you should have stopped me <laughs> five minutes ago and said, hold on, Brent, hold on. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know what, I don't what get saying, it. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because the key thing, I feel one of my purposes and calling in life is trying to educate people when it comes to money and mm-hmm. investing. So that's, I think, what you want to talk yeah, a little bit I about do. today, yes. right? And he does know that that's the topic. We, I'm not surprising Brant or anything. And I think no. it's important in terms of we all use money mm-hmm. every day. And, you know, as we've said so many times in the past shows, that saving money is, is a component of a good, healthy financial household. A good, healthy yeah. financial household is one that is saving money every paycheck, mm-hmm. uh, and the question today is, is so what do you do with do that do savings? With right. Like, you, do you know, keep it in your bank bank account. Do you mm. progress up the risk spec- spectrum? Right. And that's that's a key question we always get. I, I, I see people sitting with tons of money in their bank accounts, not earning anything. And you think, well, is that stewardly? Is that the right thing to do? Or, or, or maybe it is. Um, but maybe there's something else that they can do with their money, too. Mm. 
So Okay, so what do we do with our access? Well, so I guess maybe I should say first, we don't my I don't see my role as being a uh, um, a person who is trying to tell people to take risk. Okay? And um that's we we want to find out what is someone's what's their objective what's their purpose for this money uh, we always want to use that word um, very uh, carefully because i think every dollar people have has a purpose and mm-hmm. we have to figure out what that is and then they have a personality as well so they they may be risk takers and understand volatility and ups and downs and they may not at all and mm-hmm. i may understand volatility and long term growth and be okay with it but it's not my role to project that onto someone else so mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out what are they truly capable of taking and understanding about risk and growth or what are they not and if they're not uh, suitable for an investment, we'll we'll dial it down and say, okay, maybe we can do slightly better than a bank account, right? I, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think we can. That's a bit tongue in cheek, but we're not trying to tell people to take risk. Mm-hmm. But I also find people uh, who don't understand investing very well sometimes have a, um, I would think, a wrong view of what the stock market truly is. And not all of it is unfounded. Okay. So the second thing I was going to say is I'm not here to sit and praise the stock market because obviously there are a lot of, uh, unethical players and like anything in the world, there are, there is brokenness in people and the stock market is a great place to magnify greed. And today we see that just in ever increasing rates, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's sometimes hidden now between computerized trading and, algorithm type stuff in the mm-hmm. stock market that's driving a lot of the daily um, act, uh, trading volumes and that. But uh, at its core, what I try to help people understand is that I don't think that over longer periods of time, the stock market is a gamble. And some people think that, right? Oh, it's just like throwing darts at dartboard, therefore you shouldn't do it. But when you understand what it really is, I think it helps position why we buy these investments that we do. And uh, the I should back up and say it's not just the stock market because it's also the bond market. And these are two different things that I like to try to understand that together they're called the capital markets, mm-hmm. right? And what their main purpose is, is to bring the liquidity that savers have accumulated and bring that to biz- businesses that are growing and need liquidity, need capital. So at its core, if you're totally new to investing, try to get your head around that, that really what we're doing, what the markets do, what capital markets do is connect savers money with businesses that are growing and need money to grow faster and to do things better. Mm-hmm. So if we were a business today, let's because we're on a podcast or a mm-hmm. radio show, let's say we're a radio station that maybe does not um, the, let's look at the podcast example. Let's mm-hmm. say more than enough and and uh, this money show needs to expand and we uh, want to go over into the US now, we want to expand into Europe and it's going to take some money to buy equipment and recording space and do marketing and all those different mm-hmm. areas and uh, to, to expand the presence. And we may not have the money to do that, but you know we're growing and our revenue is growing and the business is going well. We may reach a point though where we say, we need access to more money to really grow this business. And there's two main ways to do that. 
One is we can borrow money. So we can go out to these savers and say, hey, can we set up a loan with you and we'll take some of your money and we'll pay it back in X number of years. And in between now and then, we'll pay you an interest rate all the way along. And that person says, yeah, sure. I think that's great. I think you're a good business. You're going to be around to pay me back and you've got good cash flow. So you'll pay me my interest payments. Let's set that up. And Mm -hmm. we draw up a little piece of paper that says it's an IOU, right? Well, that is called a bond in the investment world. So that's item number one. That's debt. That's a borrowing. Um, and there's lots of different kind of bonds out there. Governments issue them, municipalities, and corporations do too. And once we set that piece of paper up, the IOU, the investor doesn't have to keep it all the mm-hmm. way along. They can say, well, I want to go and buy a different one now. I don't go back to the podcast com- company and say, oh, I want my money now because they said, well, no, we said we'd pay you back in five years from now. So I could go to someone else and say, would you like this piece of paper? I'm looking to sell it. And we agree on a price. And that exchange is called the bond market. So I'm not going back to the issuer of the bond. I'm going to someone else. And that bond market today is absolutely massive. People are buying and selling those pieces of paper all the time. So there's liquidity to it. It's it's like a GIC that many of the other people listening may have experience with. You went to the bank, you gave them money. They said, we'll pay you back in X number of years and we'll give you an interest rate between now and then. The difference is that you can't go to the bank typically with a non-redeemable GIC and get your money back. So a bond is like that, but there's this liquidity facility called the market that says you can get out of that whenever you want. It's just the price you're going to get for it, maybe higher, maybe lower by little bits, depending on a whole number of factors, which we won't get into that. But interest rate changes, inflation, credit worthiness of the issuer, all these kinds of things. But that's that's what a bond is. And us as a podcasting growth business have said, we need money to expand and we're going to borrow it because we think our cash flow is able to make those interest payments. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what if we didn't have such strong cash flow yet and we didn't really want to be burdened by those interest payments we have to make? Right. Well, the second way that we can raise capital is to say, well, why don't we sell some of the business that we own? We currently own 100% of this podcasting business. Maybe we could sell off to the public half of it or a third of it or all of it, whatever decision we need. We'll go to some people who are smart and say, your business is worth X dollars. You can go sell that to the public. It's called an initial public offering. And we can sell part of our business. And then we can get that capital from selling it and go follow through with our expansion plans. And then we don't have any interest payments. We don't have any debt. But the downside is we don't own as much of our business anymore. So when we do really well and and our podcast becomes super successful in Europe and the US, our our enterprise is worth more money now, but we don't own as much of it. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that's still good for us, right? Because we we own a smaller percentage, but it's worth a whole lot more. And uh, and we're happy with that. We we gained investors who, who gave us capital and helped us expand in our in our business. Well, that that selling that initial public offering of our ownership percent, those are those are shares that get issued. Mm-hmm. And those now also those initial investors who own those shares may decide at some point in time, I don't really want to own these mm-hmm. anymore. Again, just like the bond, they don't come back to us saying, would you buy this back from me? They go to this 
facility of selling shares, which is called the stock market, which really all it is doing is matching up people who want to buy the shares with those who want to sell the shares. And it used to be these loud, noisy pits where people would be yelling and screaming at each other <laughs> like saying, the movies. yeah, the old school. <laughs> well, now it's all digital, right? And, mm-hmm. But the same, the same thing is true. You've got on one side people saying, I want to spend $99 on that share. I think it's worth that much. And on the other side, you have someone saying, I'm only going to sell it for 101. No, I'm, I'm, and I'm waiting. And you post those prices to the stock market. That's called the bid and the ask. And as soon as the person who wants to buy says, well, maybe I'll ratchet up and I'll, instead of 99, I'll post now for 100. And the person selling says, oh, I really want to get rid of these. I'll lower my ask down to 100. We match and a trade happens. And that's every single tick on the stock market is when people have agreed upon a price for that underlying business. So you create liquidity. That's what the market does is it creates this place where you can get in or out of these investments relatively easily. Whereas before, when you owned a business, you'd have to find someone who was willing to put a lot of capital into buying your share, right? So the beauty of these of these stock markets is it creates a place for the average person to gain ownership of a business that they may really, really like and otherwise not have been able to do so. It also creates um, some pretty high emotions, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. because when all of a sudden people might realize, hey, that podcasting business is doing really, really well. Now they're going to Asia and Australia, and they all of a sudden think, I'm going to start buying up those shares and 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 and, and build them, push the price up to 120, 130. Um, there's a bit of euphoria that can go into that because it's human nature, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what sometimes creates the sense of the gamble in the short term in people's minds. And it's not all unfounded, right? Because, well, what if that was just a rumor or it never really happened that the earnings from that growth plan never materialized? Is our business, is that stock actually worth $130? Maybe not, right? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, if people start to realize that and they start to sell the shares, the first ones out are fine, but then all of a sudden you have a cascading pressure down and people on the outside who may not understand it that well go, what is going on? Like, what's going This The volatility is crazy. Nothing really backs that up, right? But when you step back and really look at it over longer periods of time, because over any given short period, crazy things can happen in the mm-hmm. market and pricing, right? But Long term, what drives those returns are a number of things, but mainly the earnings of a business. Are the earnings of the business growing or are they decreasing? And any business that has uh, increasing earnings, the owners of those businesses are going to want to own those shares more and it it makes them more valuable, right? So the Mm -hmm. price goes up. And that's the, if I step back again, those are the two things, the two elements of investing. You can either be a lender and the business can be a borrower, or you can buy ownership of, the business can be selling ownership of their business. And the capital markets are the place where you trade and get liquidity for those investments. And uh, and and, and the, it can be noisy and crazy, but it can be a great place to buy and sell these investments. What we do for people, just to wrap it up, because I know I've been talking a long time here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is, I was just going <laughs> to ask you, so what What do you do as an advisor? Right. Do you do the buying and the selling? Our business does, yeah. But going back to what I said about the um, 
the each client that comes to us, our job is not to say, take more and more risk, because you can think of it as a continuum upwards that you go from the bank account that's just earning a nominal interest rate, basically zero these days, and that's low, low risk. You're not going to lose anything. There's no noise of the markets, and you can move up to GICs, a little more interest, but you're locked in to a bond, maybe a little more interest, but then you've got this market, right? This bond market that has the pricing that moves up and down right. a little bit. Not too That's much, a but a little bit more movement, okay. yeah. Because if I wanted to get out next week, maybe I'm only getting $99 for the bond I paid for 100 Even though it's going to mature at 100 it's guaranteed to do so, but I want out early, I got to pay a penalty for that, right? right? So I'm only going to get 99 Or it could also go up, right, too. There's, different, there's, there's movement of the price, which is a risk for some people. And we can progress further upwards to buying ownership in businesses, which is stocks. And that has some a lot higher volatility because, you know, a president tweets something or there's a tariff (laughs) or there's lots of things, right, that can change pricing. (laughs) Does it actually change underlying fundamentals? That's the key question. If it's not, the noise doesn't matter. But someone looking at their statement each month might go, what is going on? This investment's no good. It's up, it's down. It's The emotions of that mm-hmm. are very difficult. And we want to try to measure what is, what is my client's emotional position when it comes to investing mm-hmm. and how do, I, how do I develop the proper mix of all of these investments? Think That's of it not as like an a pie. easy job for you guys. No, but it's super fun. We love it. <laughs> it's uh, it's like I'm a puzzle glad you every think day. <laughs> glad you think it's fun and like that would I would not call that fun. Different personalities different are, personalities, are coming to yeah. light here in the studio today. <laughs> so, well, because what we're trying to do, if you remember the last show, right, is we're trying to connect those that portfolio design to the goals that people mm-hmm. had. Right? right? Are we? We're, we're we're trying to figure out what's the right mix of investments to generate that return. Because um, remember, every dollar, every uh, bit of money that we're investing for people has to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And we want to know why. It's not just to maximize wealth for them. Um, we want to know what's it, that purpose of that money and how do we assist in growing it there on a, in, in a way or along a path that is palatable for that person. And everyone is different. So while I may have a higher risk tolerance, others may not. And our platform lets us buy anything out there. So we're not just selling a product. We're mm-hmm. looking at all the various investments and saying, what's the right mix for each of these clients? And we built essentially 10 core model portfolios that we use that fit 99% of people. And we monitor those portfolios. We do the buying and the selling of the investments for people rather than a stranger, someone in a different mm-hmm. company that's doing that for you. Maybe we do it directly in the business for our, for our clients. And so wow. that mix is, is, yeah, it's a very custom thing. It's, it's, and it's an iterative one, right? It's someone may think, Oh, things have been going well for the last 10 years. I like risk, right? Risk is good. It gets me better returns. Well, it's because we haven't really had a major downturn now in quite a while. So when that next downturn comes, we go back to all of our clients and say, let's do that tolerance test again. Now that you're experiencing volatility, let's go back and retake that test and get another measurement to see what truly is your risk tolerance like. And and I'll know that I'll have made a mistake if I'm getting the panicked call from someone who says, you know, I can't take this, get me out of it. I realize, oh, we didn't quite get that right when we set this up because clearly it's not palatable for them now, mm-hmm. right? So that's, mm. but it's it's setting up that portfolio to be wisely invested amongst all these options out there and all the noise in investments that we believe are good, 
businesses that will grow, that are doing things that people need, and they'll be around for a long period of time, and they'll grow our clients' wealth all within the context of why are we doing this and mm-hmm. how much do we need and when do we reach that cross point, like the name of mm-hmm. our business says, um, where we know we have enough, what you guys do and you mm-hmm. teach people how much is enough, right? What's more than enough for you? Mm-hmm. What happens when the capital grows above that? What do we do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we love reaching that point and then saying, hey, let's let's talk about this. What, what do you want to do with that money? And uh, is it giving it away? Is it lots of different options, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really fun too. And again, one of our core principles, if you will, and and I know this is, fits right in here, what you're talking about, Brent, is, is that, you know, this is not just a set it and forget it type thing. And, and when, I, to, I, we talk about cash flow in this con- context, you know, financial awareness creates empowerment. It's one of our face your finances and let's talk Mm -hmm. about cash flow and recognizing every dollar has a name and if you Mm -hmm. don't actually get it doing what it's supposed to do it gets up and leaves right you know it has that personality and so you know as we talk about that on a cash flow perspective that just translates into the investing side to say okay what are the vehicles that you're going to use for you right now your specific is it a bond is it a stock is it a bank account like you know what is going on there what are the tax implications of each of these vehicles and how does that affect me today? Um, one thing we can say, and we talk about pensions and some of these other vehicles, but automating that part and saying, Brent, I am going to give you X number of dollars. And that to me is it's a little bit where the linkage happens between what's going on in my cash flow in my day-to-day life. Am I living in a place where I'm living with more than enough? I, I, I've got in a sense, a balanced portfolio in my cash flow, and I'm able to give Brent X number of dollars a, a week, a month, whatever it is. And then you take that and you project out saying, these vehicles, these things, the bond market, the stock market, are going to help us achieve that cross point in the future. And again, rolling all of this back to, okay, so it is the Lord who, again, sometimes messes with us because he's asking us the question do you trust me well we have that do you trust dave do you trust brent Mm -hmm. do you trust you know who are you putting your trust in do you trust Mm -hmm. the bond market the stock market do you you trust historical statistics Mm -hmm. and and the lord's going don't put your trust in any of that stuff yeah because the reality is you put your trust in me um you can't take it with you when you go to heaven Mm -hmm. We, we get that but we sometimes don't, we don't act like well, that we don't or we don't like think it. like that when we're talking about money. I right? don't. I should personalize it. But I do want to say there's so much that you said practically. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, as you're sitting here, I'm thinking, well, where do people go? And we've had this discussion even while we were talking about doing these shows. Mm-hmm. What? Where do we where do we send ourselves or people who are listening to get the help that they need that they will they will start to understand who they are. They may not not, not know if they're tolerant to risk or they're like mm-hmm. good to go. They may not have yet even the discipline. They're listening and thinking, oh man, I don't have the discipline of savings. I don't mm-hmm. have, I'm not on the road to building a resilient household. So how do I, who do I go talk to? And um, you did a show with us last June that talked about, developing a trustworthy relationship with an advisor and on that show 
we talked about those issues. So people can go back to the June 1st, Mm -hmm. 2018 show, because we've already talked about that with you. Um, But on that, on the show notes on our morethanenough.ca page, we also have your questionnaire that you give to people that you can go to with in hand and ask advisors these questions. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want that, if you want a hard copy, you can you know, it's going to be on office. the show notes. Now we're going to kind of link back to the to that, June that, page, but yes, for sure. that show. Because there's, there's, uh, I love seeing the zeal that you have for what you do because that totally wouldn't be what I'd be zealous for. So I'm glad there are people like you out there, Brent. We love it. Who can help us. And people should really be seeking a trusted advisor, know their platform, know if they're selling product or if they're independent, what their accreditations are. There's lots of stuff on there that can help them with that. Okay, good. Father, we just thank you so much for this day that you've made and given to us. I thank you for Brent. I thank you for men and women like Brent who are needing your wisdom and insight every day as they invest on behalf of other people. Lord, um, what a job that is um, because people are entrusting what is, what is materially precious to them. Lord, I just pray your blessing on Brent as he serves his community. And Lord, I thank you for the listeners. I thank you. Um, I'm hoping, Lord Jesus, that today has demystified um, what we hear about uh, in the news and that people will start taking earnestly um, the education and information that is out there to help them become good stewards of your resources. Father, we just thank you again for who you are and because of Jesus and that we can trust you in all things. Amen. Well, thanks again, Brent. So appreciate being here. Uh, again, podcast more than enough.ca, chri.ca, and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.